Welcome to Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Allpike, and always I have AJ and I have Jonathan Astro. Hey, AJ. Hey. Gotten <laughs> <laughs> sharp. Well, we should probably look, you know, I know we don't like it when people see behind the curtain. <laughs> but why not show, give them a peek and just let them know that AJ's in my home right now? Mm. What do you think? How? But we sort of fucked it up because she she's in another room for sound reasons. <laughs> so it's no point. There's no point. We're we're edging ever closer to just being in one room live yes. with video cameras. Yes. Imagine that. Mm. It'd be awesome. Imagine that all together. Mm. Yep. It would be good. Well, tonight's film, Brewster's Millions, 1985. Richard Pryor. Uh, just quickly, what what what's the relationship to this movie, people? AJ, I watched it a thousand times when I was little. <laughs> why, did you, why did you hesitate? Why didn't you just say it? I loved it. Yeah, uh, I've seen it one time before this, which was and it was only about a year ago, maybe a year and a wow, half. So. so that's crazy. <laughs> so fucking recent. Uh, yeah, I saw it a bunch when I was a kid. Yeah, a lot. Uh, so I feel like I, I know it quite well. Um, but then again, you know, I think we are going to push on with Richard Pryor for a bit um, because he was ever-present in our childhood, wasn't mm, he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, uh, and the films, you know, weren't that good. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Watching it back, yes. I can't <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Well, the thing it's is, with, with this film, like I desperately wanted to love it. Like, like I like it. It's... You know, it's it's light and it has its moments, and 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 you know, John Candy in particular, I, I quite liked his what he was all about. But it's one of those movies I think you remember as being better than it really is. You know, definitely like Highlander. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you had to think about that. Like, no, is that good? Or? It it's like it's it's likable, but there's no big laughs. You know, no, yeah, which is strange. Well, look, you know, let's let, let let's just dive in okay. and and we'll get we'll get it a little bit deep. Money. Everyone wants it. Until now, Monty Booster didn't have it. They tell me you're my only living relative. But he just made money the old-fashioned way. You have 30 days in which to spend 30 million bucks. He inherited it. If you can do it, you get 300 million. But if you fail, don't get diddly. Why can't I tell my friends? Because I don't want anybody helping me out. What's wrong? What's wrong? $30 million. Man, he's got $30 million. He can't keep it unless he can spend it and have nothing left but the shirt on his back. But we're going to have a a lot of fun with this kind of money. (laughs) Jay, I'd like to hire you as my official photographer. Salary, $10,000 a week. How would you like to be my personal driver for the next 30 days at $5,000 a week? What a country. America, I love it. Hey, everybody, anybody want to go to lunch? Everyone thinks he's crazy. I want to bet $50,000. It went up. I think we should consider the possibility of psychiatric help. At the rate you're going, you'll have spent your entire inheritance in less than a month, and you'll have nothing to show for it. But $300 million says he's right on the money. Richard Pryor and John Candy. It's like that old saying, you know, if my money, I'd be a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. Brewster's Millions, coming soon from Universal Pictures. Broke but upbeat minor league relief pitcher Montgomery Brewster discovers that a rich great uncle he has never met has decided to leave him 300 million big ones if he takes part in a bizarre challenge cooked up by the dying man. So it's like this. If Brewster can spend 30 million in 30 days, then he can take hold of 300 million in inheritance. Okay. So, but there's conditions. Now stick with me on this. Uh, After 30 days, He's not allowed to own any assets. So no houses, no cars, no jewelry. He can hire anyone he wants, but he must get value for their services. He's allowed to donate 5% to charity and gamble 5% away. He's not allowed to give the money away or gift expensive gift items. Uh, He must not destroy what is inherently valuable. He's prohibited uh, from telling anybody why he has to spend spend the money. Now, uh, Uncle Rupert also offers a wimp clause in which Brewster can take 1 million straight away and forego the challenge. Because if Brewster blows it, uh, basically the two old cis white pigmen stooges, uh, (laughs) Granville and Baxter, they're going to gain power of attorney and distribute the money as they see fit. I don't know, to some white owned businesses or something like that, whatever they do. (laughs) Anyway, 
Brewster begins his spending spree. Well, let's let's just say he takes the challenge, right? Like, don't I have to tell you that he takes the challenge? <laughs> he, took, he took it. He didn't, he didn't there would it. be no movie unless he took the challenge. Yeah, he probably shouldn't have done it. But anyway, <laughs> Brewster begins his spending spree, uh, br- uh, bringing his good friend Spike Nolan uh, to help him. Uh, that is John Candy. Uh, he's also assigned a button-down but naughty paralegal Angela Drake to keep track of his expenditures. He hires a personal photographer, security guards, drivers, decorators, and buys expensive meals for strangers. He places ridiculous bets and invests in far-fetched schemes. His friend Spike makes some good investments, and unfortunately, that sets Brewster back significantly but because he nets uh, many more million dollars. So both Spike and Angela are confused and a little disappointed at Brewster blowing his cash like a total dumbass, uh, which is a shame because he and uh, Miss Drake were starting to hit it off. Uh, that's Brewster and, and Miss Drake. Uh, Brewster hatches two big spending schemes. One is an expensive exhibition match between his minor league baseball team, the Hackensack Bulls, and the New York Yankees. The second scheme involves running in a new in New York's mayoral election, spending big on prime advertising and urging New Yorkers to vote for none of the above. Uh, the two other candidates in the race sue Brewster for defamation after some of his comments, and he settles out of court for many millions of dollars, which you know is, is getting him closer to his goal. The two stiffs, Granville and Baxter, hire one of the people in Brewster's orbit. This is a, a lawyer-turned-decorator and also Angela's fiancé. His name's Warren Cox. They hire him to sabotage the challenge by withholding some cash until just before the midnight deadline. So next up, the Hackensack Bulls have their exhibition match with the Yankees, and Brewster also discovers that if he wins the mayoral election, which looks likely, he'll be making 60 k a year, which counts as an asset. So he pulls out of the race. He also retires from baseball. Uh, having reached the pinnacle of his playing career. He throws one last big bash to get rid of the cash uh, and all the hangers-on begin to disperse and he's alienated from Spike and Angela, really you know, unable to explain his actions. And on the last day, he fronts up uh, to the, off- the law offices uh, with only the clothes on his back, ready to take the $300 million in inheritance and finally tell his friends what's been going on. The dastardly Warren Cox shows up with the money he had held over. Angela discovers Warren's plot and tells Brewster... Uh, you know, what he had planned and Brewster socks the schemer in the face and all seems lost and the seconds are ticking down, but Brewster decides to hire Angela's, well, Angela's been fired, obviously. The the, the guys have fired her. And so Brewster hires Angela as his legal, you know, for her legal services to represent him in the inevitable assault case from the the, uh, punch that he just delivered to Warren. Okay. Now, finally, the clock ticks down Brewster wins the money and the woman because, let's face it, women love money. (laughs) And she is an accountant. Well, that's, yeah, sure. I mean, that's how you want to cover it. I mean, you know, Kim Kardashian's a lawyer now, so. She hasn't passed the bar. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Brewster's Millions, what do we think of Brewster's Millions? Come on. You you forgot that the uh, credits roll over a shot of the Twin Towers. (laughs) Did that need to go in the plot or? Like... <laughs> well, given my given my obsession with yelling at the TV anytime I see the Twin Towers in an old movie or an old sitcom or something, yes. I thought well, it was relevant. No, they, and this is their, their real heyday, the 80s. You know? mm. So a lot of talent went into this movie, which is why it's so confusing, uh, you know, as to how it didn't really work out because, you know, we've got Walter Hill, great director, uh, but a guy who does mainly westerns and action yeah. and things yeah. like that. So they're not mentioning this movie in his great no. movies of all time. They're although, not. although another forty-eight hours had Why that kind of comic element to it. Why oh, sorry, forty-eight <laughs> hours. Second time on this podcast, you have. I know. What's sequel. wrong with me? You have love it. You love another forty-eight hours. Second one. <laughs> so, that, first that, one. That, that had a little bit of comedy in it. Well, what know? it had was Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has got Richard Pryor for Christ's sakes. Yeah, yeah. but but Richard Pryor, I gotta okay, I gotta ask you something. Um, is Richard okay here? Seriously. In this movie? No. I mean, well, in this movie, <laughs> I mean, he's he's like he looks he's coasting like, through. Well, oh. he doesn't look okay. No, he doesn't look okay. Come on. Like no. if you see him in those comments, in fact. I had only ever seen him 
in this era, mm, like in yeah, Superman 3, yeah, yeah, yeah. this and all those movies. Mm, yeah. And then when I finally saw, when I was much older, I saw his comedy specials from the 70s, I was shocked. I was like, Jesus Christ. I was yeah. like, is this, is this Richard Pryor? Mm. And I saw him yeah. in Silver Streak, which is probably his best, the best movie he did with yeah. uh, Gene, Gene Wilder. And then, so it's just, a, you know, I see him in this and I, I can, he just looks like, um, like he's jonesing. Yeah, definitely. Mm. The whole time. Like he's he's not there. I mean he's yeah. he's. I mean it's horrible. It's self-inflicted though. It's horribly burned. Yeah, the acid. Mm. Yes, acid. Come on, <laughs> you, you know what it was. It was, uh, <laughs> was the drugs <laughs> he was cooking up? Okay. So anyway, he's he, not okay. So so the difference between Forty Eight Hours and this is stark. In Forty Eight Hours, you've got Eddie Murphy at the absolute. Peak. In the prime and peak mm. of his life, just like the sexiest comedian to ever have lived. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like so funny, like masculine, sensitive, just just an absolute uh, incredible talent, and 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 totally on the up. And and I don't think I bet you, you know, I'm I think only maybe a couple of the. I mean, it probably not much of his stuff was in the script. I reckon it was just like you know loosely drawn and he filled it in <laughs> well well you know the script was written by the guys that wrote trading places yes right I love and that that's too. that's a way better movie definitely in terms of writing well let's give these guys the credit let's give these guys the credit so timothy harris and herschel weingrod uh fantastic what a duo uh hats off to these guys didn't really work in bruce's mills but you know we can get into why i think it's almost there we can get into that but look at you know trading places Bruce's Millions, Twins, Kindergarten oh, right. Cop. Amazing. And we, t- we, we just talked about Kindergarten Cop. Mm. Like, so, you know, the contributions are, are significant. You know what I mean? Mm. And a yeah. special mention to one of them. I think it might have been Timothy Harris who did My Stepmother is an Alien, which I quite like. Oh, um, I love that movie <laughs> when, as a kid. Yeah. yeah that yeah. sexy scene in it, you know? Mm. Like it. Anyway, we'll cover that another time. So, yeah, but so I feel like Trading Places in this is part of their, their you know, um, sort of like the American new money horror movie, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Like why is it? And because and, and both of them have cis white asshole like guys who are controlling everything up the top, right? Yeah. And doing these weird gambles with people's lives. Yeah. And I like yeah. that in yeah. a movie. <laughs> in general, <laughs> in general, like schemers. Well, believe it or not, this is uh, the seventh movie adaptation of uh, George Barr uh, McCutcheon's 1902 novel of the what? same name, Brewster's Millions. I mean, is that enough? Like, do we need, do we need more? <laughs> do we need, we more? need a remake? For goodness sakes, what, what is it about this? Why do people love it so much? I don't know. Mm. Why did I love it so much? Rags to riches. Rags to I riches. I guess so, yeah. but but it only works if you're a kid because if you're if you're five minutes older than that, then you can see that look, Richard Pryor himself is proof that money can't make you happy. That's true. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like what, what? There's a horrible quote from Walter Hill on on the wiki page. Did you see this? Um. um oh, that he just did it. He made this for the money. Is yeah, but he. One? No, it was way more damning than that. Like, like, like it was about, um, no, here we go. No, it's this. Get this. Hill said Richard Pryor didn't believe that he was funny unless he took drugs. Uh-huh. And he believed that if he took drugs, he would die. Also, he had money problems, of course. So he had to work and take jobs and make lots of money. So it was difficult. But I liked Richard very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake. That's what you guys are going to be saying about me in five years. That is a nightmarish quote to say about someone. Like, think about it. He just described like a true nightmare, a living yeah. nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had to do stuff he didn't want to do to, to pay for a habit he probably didn't want. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just, and he thought, and the thing that people liked him for the most. He thought he needed the thing, the drugs to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dreadful. and all and all Hill says about it is so it was difficult. And you go, yeah, that yeah, that's. <laughs> you know, like, if he said if he said some other shit in that quote as well, like like what you're saying, like you know, he was a he was a 
you know, a torn man. He was like tormented, mad artist. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that sort of stuff. Then the quote would be a little uh, just like, oh, you know, the shooting was a bit hectic because he was you know, not, <laughs> yeah. really, not really on time. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I've got a few suggestions here, or, or, or some criticisms right off the bat. Okay, all like, right. Yeah. I, I think the script is flawed because it's not really established in the beginning that Brewster is a man who's frivolous with money. Excellent. Which I Goodbye. think he should have been. Like, I, I know he doesn't have money and he's a fuck up, but it's not really established that, that he throws his money away, you know. I mean, that's that's what would make or, this whole thing. That he was a tight bit. ass. Or that he needs money. Mm. It's not established that he needs money. No. Mm. He was yeah. in the sense it's seen at the bar with the girls after they have their, little, their, their win at the baseball, uh, uh, you know, at the beginning, mm. him and John, John Candy seem very happy. They, they're going to take these two women on the bus and yeah. it's no big deal. For a like foursome. Can, yeah. Well, we'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and a lot of people don't have three grand for bail. Like, so it doesn't mean necessarily that you're really poor. Well, well, three but, three but, grand in 1985 as well would have been. Yeah. That's substantial. Well, well, so. What, well, what we needed was the scene. We just needed to see his house. We needed to see yeah. him. Like, there's a scene, the detective movie with Paul Newman called Harper, and the and the beginning, opening titles are just him, you know, rolling out of bed and, you know, you know, fishing out a an old coffee filter from the bin and putting it back in the thing to get some coffee out of it. Like, you know, you sort of get the sense of that this guy's a bum, yeah. right? Mm. Like, and that's yeah. what we needed to get that this guy was a bum and he didn't want to be a bum, or that he was like, geez, you know, things will be so different if I had money. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I never got a shot. I never got a chance. I never got any money. Yeah. Uh, but, but they've totally, they totally blown that, uh, mm. which is a shame. I agree with yeah. that. Ricky, what else you got? And, uh, the other thing I thought that they could do was make a little bit more of the, of the hangers on in the film. Like, so th there are all these, these, um, people around him that are loosely sort of working for him that he's his entourage. You know, yeah. His entourage mm. He's given huge amounts of money to, um, and, and they all like him. They, well, of course they like him because he's giving them lots of money, but I feel like there needed to be a scene where Brewster was like in trouble or something, either physically or otherwise. And, and it showed who his true friends were, you know, yes. I, I think we get a little bit of that with John Candy, who's always trying to get Brewster to look after his money, but mm. I, I feel like they could have made more of the, the entourage, just you know, making a comment about money and friend and, and friendship and that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, well, we get like a the tiniest taste of that at the end. Everyone sort of just disperses. That's right. Bit. But it's no point. We don't invest in crowds. We only invest in characters. So you needed to pick one of like the, the photographer is one of them, and he is given nothing to do. Like he does, he doesn't grow. He doesn't change. He doesn't. Yeah. He, he's he's a scumbag at the beginning. He's scumbag at the end. So it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? John Candy. His relationship is the most important uh, to us and. Yeah, as you say, the, the relationship and well, all the relationships weren't tested in a way that they no. should be. So yeah. John Candy should have said, "Just there's a moment in Teen Wolf when what does Styles say to? Uh, well, I think it might even be in number two. I think it's in number two. Sorry, <gasps> oh. Styles says to to Bateman, he says, um, you know, you've become a real jerk. Yeah, you know, and that's the point. Yeah. Like you know, so and Styles is all about you being the Teen Wolf." So mm. in this, in, just in this movie, we needed a moment where John Candy says, you know what, you have changed, you're a real jerk and, and um, I'm not going to stick around and watch you destroy your life, you know? Mm. Yeah. And if you can't see that everyone around here doesn't care about you, then, you know, you're not who I thought you were. Mm. Yeah. But with that, they don't, they stay away from that. Yeah. Do, do you think the PG rating hurt the comedy? Yes, because all the good stuff that we would we want in like in the trade. What is the scene that you remember in Trading Places? Come on, what's the what's one of the big ones? In Trading Places, oh well, it's all the prostitute stuff. Like, yeah, and what and he and and, she, the, he, and, the and, the and he he tried to have sex with me. Yeah, and that mm. yes, yeah, and when he's in jail. You said it. It was probably hidden under what I said. The titties. Uh, the titties. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Lee's. Jamie Lee's unexpected fantastic bosoms. Yeah. Mm. Just tangs. Well, well, I've, you know, I'm no mathematician, but I've crunched some numbers here. Okay, yep, so thirty mil is six hundred thousand fifty dollar private lap dances at kittens in South Melbourne. Okay. That's twenty thousand lap dances <laughs> a day for thirty yep. days. Okay, do you think that's doable? I think so. Just I've got to get the numbers straight first. So, so what? What time today? Quickly, did you call them for that quote? <laughs> 
<laughs> I just got to. No, no they've got their prices online. No, no, just I just want you to Google it. So you can't tell me what time you called up. <laughs> no, you just no. You know, did you ask someone or? No, I, I googled it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's a lot of money, and I I can't believe that. You know, maybe the thing that's why this movie is a bit like Richie Rich because it does avoid. The, 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 we know what men do with a lot of money. Um, and yeah. AJ, you showed me on, you know, I won't say how, um, you just showed, <laughs> you just showed me <laughs> somehow, <laughs> you showed me some pictures of <gasps> oh. Shane Warne and he's a man with a lot of money. May he rest in peace. Uh, he died uh, two weeks ago or something. But mm. anyway, he had a lot of money. And what did he do with his money, AJ? Ooh. In the, you showed me, I believe it was, an actual foursome. Yes. A foursome. Ricky. Ricky, that's that's I'll, four I'll people you. having sex. I'll I send know. them to you, Ricky. Okay. Ricky. And he's a he's a big bloated mess of a man. And, and he's enjoying himself. These women didn't they didn't care. They don't care. <laughs> they didn't care. They were, they were they were in fact it made it better. I think. I'm putting it out there. Maybe he didn't pay. <laughs> I don't think he did either. Either. I no. feel like he didn't. So but that's the thing. No, but that is true. I feel like, you know, once you've got a certain amount, you know, you kind of don't, you do and you don't. I think you do, but also mm. it happens that you don't. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? I think yeah. it all happens. Mm. Depends Depends how much, how much time you got. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And, and, and given that it's Richard Pryor in the lead role here, like mm. he's not getting any drugs involved, like drugs are expensive. Like, I know. Mm. You know? So it's, it 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 does it does weirdly avoid all the vices. Like he doesn't even eat a lot of chocolate in the movie. You know what I mean? Like right. it, like he doesn't really. Well, he doesn't do anything with his money to the to the point. He just gets well, he buys it. wine, I guess. Lots yeah, but he doesn't. Yeah, I guess. So. Never see him drink it though. But no. the movie goes very quickly for not much happening. <laughs> it's because it's samey. It's it's episodic. Yeah. Like, and in fact, I've got a damning thing here. So the the relationship between him and Angela is very thin, obviously. Yeah. But there's a scene when they should actually be. We need the scene where they connect fully. There needs to be a scene where they both sit down and you know everything is shut out and it's just them and they have a moment where I don't know. It's like that scene in Out of Sight between J Lo and. Clooney. It's a scene when they connect, right? Mm. Or the scene in, in Harry when Harry and Sally in the car at the beginning. All those great scenes between them. We need just one, right? And the moment they start to do it, a, just a random guy bumps into the car, and they end up doing another gag of like him having of Brewster yeah. overpaying this guy yeah. to get mm. to go away. And you're like, I get it, I get it. He's rich. He overpays. We didn't get off to a very good start, and I thought maybe this afternoon we'd take a little ride and get to know each other. You find out I'm not such a bad guy after all. Mr. Drake, your chair. I promise not to spend any money except on you for lunch. All right, but just to eat lunch and then that's it. So where should we go? You're driving. Ooh, oh, I know this nice little restaurant near the place where I grew up. Now it's not fancy, but I... What the? Are you all right? I think so. You sure? I'm terribly sorry. The parking attendant left my car in first, and when I turned on the ignition, it shot forward into you. Are you all right? Yes. Fine, fine. But you look hurt. Oh, honestly, I'm fine. Look, look, here, here's my uh, driver's license. Hey, great! Great, don't be ridiculous. Put that away. You're in a state of shock. Emotional trauma. What are you talking about? Brain damage. He's got brain damage and doesn't even know it. Hey, George! Get him What's more important is that he actually connects with this woman so that I care about, I'm invested in their relationship, mm. you know, because she yep. spent the whole time being disappointed in him. Mm. Someone she yep. didn't know that well. That's right. Yeah. So I, I feel like they wouldn't have got together at the end anyway, because they had no connection mm. except for the money. But so if she loves money, then. Yeah. Yeah. But she was a good person and he was just average. Like, it's not like he was really into what she was into. Like UNICEF no. and whatever. Mm, no, no, yeah. Well, I think the message of the film is, is yeah, very uh, not good. Mm. <laughs> well, so, you know, you know what? I I'm always happy to see baseball in a movie for some reason. Sure, well, absolutely. Kevin him Costa. in that baseball top is all I can remember. Yeah, from the movie. Yeah. And you were like, ah, oh, great stuff. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not particularly a, a big baseball fan, although I do 
like it uh, more than cricket, which is like Major League. Yes. Yeah, as a kid, I love Major League. It's great. Well, Major yeah. League's better than this movie. Mm. <laughs> well, you know what they could have had in this movie, given this, you know, s- some sports in it, a locker room scene. Locker room talk. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where's the yes. locker room scene? Oh, we just talked about locker rooms, and then I yes. could have put it in. No, but it's all dudes. So. Yeah, in 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 the book you're writing about locker rooms. In yes, cinema. about lo- the lot the, the the wonderful locker rooms. But you know, I'll have a just a section at the back for the ones with dudes. But I'll mainly, <laughs> yeah, I'll mainly want the chick ones. Did, did I not make that clear? Or <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> like you know, I mean, the locker room. Yeah, they were always good, though. You know, I mean, I'm up, yeah, I'm up for yeah. whatever. So anyway, the, me- the message of this movie is greed is good. Um, apart from the fantasy element, I'm not quite sure what the point of this movie. We'll get into that in a sec. But so the message is if you can just put up with people's judgments about you, then you'll get free money. Mm. Sweet. Uh, shouldn't the message be money can't buy you happiness or friends? Yeah. Or, I mean, you know, we get a little bit of a, uh, I mean, we get a little bit of a taste of how money corrupts, you know, with, with Warren Cox, the, that guy throwing all of his integrity away. Pedophile. What? <laughs> Stephen Collins is a pedophile. Is he? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Really? Isn't he wasn't he on Seventh Heaven? Yeah, pedophile. He's oh, so he's he's been convicted, has he? My God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, I've got to look it up. I'm looking it up right now. I just started. <laughs> Come on. Come on. What is this? Child porn or pedophile. Or pedophilia. Oh, okay. Inappropriate. In December 2014 interview, Collins admitted he he committed inappropriate sexual conduct with three female minors. In 73, 82, or 94. He knew the years. Bomb bomb. He was like, he was like, yeah, this is the three years. They were, <laughs> oh, they were good. They were good years. You know, I don't get it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that's not good. So um, I'm not just slandering people. <laughs> no, that's um, yeah. Well, anyway, um, bit of a downer. But then again, he was a bad guy in it. So oh, I don't know what the message is, AJ. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> that's the message. Yeah. So but anyway, maybe we can f- look. The the point is, people love this movie because of the rules, and they love they love the fantasy element. So let's mm. let's look at these fucking rules, all right? So what do you think of these? Let's talk them through. So these are the rules: thirty days to spend thirty million dollars, okay, and then mm-hmm. he get then you'll get three hundred million. Mm. And j- let's just assume that it's in, uh, you know uh, scaled up for for today. Uh, after thirty days, you're not allowed to own any assets, so no houses, no cars, no jewelry. All right. Mm-hmm. Next up, you can hire anyone, but they, you must get value for their service. Now, this one's tricky. Yeah. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Don't you think that's a flaw? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How, how do you? How, first of all, how, how, how do you prove value? But then also, he's not really getting value from anyone. And mm-hmm. why? I think actually this is a major flaw because because if the fantasy element's the point and having fun with these rules is the point, then this is one of those rules that is impossible to gauge. So mm. why why do you just pay the photographer, you know, $150,000 a month or a week or whatever? Why don't you just mm. pay him, you know, $500,000 a yeah. day? Yeah. So yeah. maybe Angela, maybe one of her extra roles could have been to put the reins on him. Yeah. She should have been uh, given extra powers to be able to... Um, uh, you know, judge value and say, no, actually, you know, it says here in this, in this book, or maybe the book should have been, the rule book should have been more ludicrous and thick or something like he's been overthinking it. I don't know. Mm. So uh, next, so yeah, that's a problem because, because he just picks these random figures and it's arbitrary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so that's silly. Uh, he's allowed to donate 5% to charity, 5% gamble away. I think that's just to, to, to tick them off. That's just yeah. so, that's just to tell you. All right, if you if you thought you were going to give it all away or gamble it all away, then you do, but only ten percent. Mm. Um, not allowed to give the money away or to gift expensive items. Mm. So he doesn't give it away, and he doesn't give any expensive gifts. Mm. Uh, so um, yeah, okay, all right. You can't destroy what is inherently valuable. Mm. So that's tricky, isn't it? Mm. So again. There was no scene where someone had to judge what was inherently valuable. Yeah. Like, you know, no one said like, you know, that that he couldn't do something or whatever. He just, it was just, so he put out these rules and they never went back to it. 
And then finally, you're prohibited from telling anybody, uh, which is, I think, the one they spent the most time on. Mm. Yeah. That's the one the movie's in love with. It's in love with you can't tell anyone. Yeah. Well, I guess that, that that's a good one because he, he seems like just a crazy fucking guy. Mm. Yeah. And what's Brittany? You know? <laughs> <laughs> she, she, like you know, like what's Michael Jackson? Did you watch that before he was, you know, did all the other stuff, or, or allegedly? Uh, uh, but did you before Conrad Murray was on the scene? Did did you watch that doco years ago with him and that Bashir guy? Yes, loved I did. It. I loved it. Yeah. Watched it recently. Really? <laughs> it's wow. okay, so who, I don't know. If anyone was been on Mars, it's this doco where. Uh, very eye-opening doco from the early noughts, I think. Was that right? Mm, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, where yeah. it was so shocking. We finally got this behind-the-scenes look of MJ, and it's got about five iconic moments. One where he hangs his kid off the balcony. Yeah. Is that from that? It, I think yeah. so, yeah. Blanket. Blanket. Yeah. Yeah. blanket and his screaming blanket. And then <laughs> one of the more amazing things, oh, he, I think ignorant. Ignorant, it's ignorant. Comes from that <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also the most, some of the most interesting stuff was him shopping. Oh yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. That so was the do, best part. Do, the urns. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, do what do you remember of him shopping? Just I remember buying just, everything. Yeah, yeah. Just going, oh, I really like this one, and yeah. yeah. So just buying ridiculous shit too. Yeah, and that was the real shock of it. Like you know, I mean, and no one was jumping in front of him and saying stop. Like mm. Conrad Murray wasn't stopping him. That was his pers- his private doctor. If you look up him, he's another one who's got a bit of a rap sheet. Mm. Went to jail for uh, manslaughter. Yeah, really. Of of yeah. involving MJ. Mm. So, because he prescribed him, you know, stuff that you were you were meant to have to you had to be behind the scenes. But anyway, I'm not getting too off topic because this is the sort of stuff that's in and around a lot of money. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got, you've got a lot got of yes, money, people everywhere. Yes. If you've got a lot of money, I think we talked about Don Simpson uh, when we did uh, Flashdance and yeah. the producer. And so if you got a lot of money. Well, what was he doing? He was going to Heidi Fleiss, that that big madam. Uh, mm. I'm sure of it. Um, he was obviously getting get, you know into a lot of S and M and hookers, but he had. I think he had a fucking doctor that died in his his pool house. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so what we know about money in America is that if you're over a certain limit, what happens is you get a private doctor, and either him or you die. Yeah, I don't know which. <laughs> I don't know which. Or both. <laughs> like I don't know which one of you dies or one of you is going down. Okay, Ricky. <laughs> that's you know? funny. That's 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 the rule, is it? Yeah. So you get you get a shitload of money. You get a private private doctor, doctor yeah. and then he moves in or whatever, and then you just it's like the ring countdown. One of you is dead, and you end up at the shadow. Marmont. Marmont. Yes, that's always involved. That fucking hotel is always involved. Yeah. Okay, always involved. And yeah. look at Warney recently, right? Where did he die? He didn't yeah. die. Um, you know, d- just down the road. Did d- d- didn't die in Marabin in Melbourne. Where did no. he die? Kosamui. Yeah. Okay. So that, <laughs> that says a lot, AJ. When you got money, you're going down, and you're not going down. Uh, in a quiet way, all right. No. So anyway, I feel like that again. This is just shit they missed in this movie, and and mm. um, mm. but these rules are mad. I, I I don't, and I think that they've 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 half baked as well. They've no, these are rules designed to fob you off. They're not designed to to delight or and and really, what you should have done was write down. Mind you, maybe the book fucking better. I don't know, but you could have written down the rules and then put each one of them on a card or on a whiteboard on the wall and said, okay. Let's spitball or let's come up with situations or or things that involve these rules and how yeah. we can how we can get them to cross over and smash together and mm. in the way that Larry David's plots in Seinfeld do yeah. you know let's try and yeah. get some delight in there and test let's really test these rules because like something like Death Note an anime uh, wonderful anime has a million rules just like this a million rules about what how it works and everything and they're great and they're tested continually and they delight and they frustrate you and you go oh shit and the reason they frustrate you is because they're consistent and they make sense and up to a certain point and these are just arbitrary they're just basically saying shut up and watch him spend money yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i, I thought the, the whole time i was watching the movie i thought it can't be this hard to spend 30 million yeah. in 30 mm. days and like you said he, he could just pay someone all the money to do something like just call up the gardener and say mow my lawns here's 30 million you know <laughs> <laughs> no, but, and again 
Like that, that, that's the rule. Then someone need to, needed to say, um, you know, you've got to get value for your service. Yeah. And then some, yeah. then she needed to say, and then the awkwardness of having to tell the person that their services aren't valuable, you know, and there's actually a lot of lessons you could take because this is an yes. awkward yeah. movie. Like, you know, think about it. Like how much do you pay a nurse? How much do you pay a lawyer? How much mm. do you pay a gardener? How much do you pay a private you know doctor? I mean? Private doctor, mm. <laughs> well, too much, <laughs> too much. <laughs> not enough or too much. I don't know. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, these are all the things that they yeah. could have gone into, particularly in this decade, the me decade of of eighties. You know, mid mm. fucking mid eighties too. So they're well into it here. You know, of the, of the good times. Um, I don't know. I, you know, my favorite part of the movie is before all of the money gets involved you know it's the bar scene yes. where they where they where they win the game they they're out they they're trying to pick up those chicks and and the bar fight breaks out and and John Candy's talking about the the oriental doctor mm-hmm. and and that this theory on nude massage and yes. you know the suggestion of the four way and you know mm-hmm. right okay leave it there hey let me tell you something about athletes okay so, i mean after a game we got to relax we got to come down unwind my doctor told me he said hey Brewster, man get a massage and come down we were reading in a medical journal that was left in the locker room the other day uh, an article written by this uh, oriental doctor on massages see we in the west give a massage like this you know and uh, see all the energy coming from my hands is stopped by the fabric apparently uh, we here in the west don't know that and uh, we're just massaging for nothing so his theory and uh, you know i don't know it's the theory is that if you're nude and you get a massage, that's the best thing for you. Good for your muscles, nude. We're wondering, maybe you might like to uh, try the theory nude with us. The four of us nude would be great. Oh, that would be fun. Massaging each other. Mm-hmm. But but I also I also like the courtroom scene as well. I think John yes. Candy's really funny in that when yes. when when he says, uh, "Well, if, if you don't make calls, you don't make any sales." And then <laughs> this is a good line. Yes. And then uh, Richard Pryor goes, "This man does not represent me, Your Honor." Well, it really goes downhill after that. We went into the bar to have a drink, and we saw this nice lady. And we asked her to sit with us to oh, have sure. a drink. I didn't know she had a fiance. Oh, no. Did you know? I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know either. It wasn't public knowledge. So you were making advances to a woman who was clearly involved with another man. You see, if you don't make calls, you don't make any sales. <laughs> this man does not represent me, Your Honor. I would remove that from the court records. I would. I'm going to set your bail at $3,000. No, you know what it is? They've got no, I don't want to say they've got no chemistry. But there's certainly there's no sparks, and mm. part of the thing in trading places is that they it's a true screwball. In screwball comedies, you know, love and hate are meant to be intertwined. So you're meant to be, you know, uh, with the person that you're like in Midnight Run with Charles Grodin and and uh, and De Niro, which is an incredible film. Like they they have uh, differing goals. You know, De Niro wants needs is a bounty hunter who needs to take him from A to B and the and Charles Godin needs to escape. And they're very different. Like one's a down and dirty guy who smokes all the time. The other guy's, you know, like a white collar criminal. So there's sparks and there's no sparks in this because, you know, they're friends, which is great, but they're not when we're sort of, you know, we're not seeing much of a difference there. Mm. Yes. Just buzzed to be with each other. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a larger point. I just wanted to say, America, we love you, baby. You know, no one, no one, no one says this. You know. So there's a scene when Brewster goes up to a cab driver and says, "I need you to, to I want to hire your car for, you know, five thousand dollars a week." And the guy says, "You know, this Eastern European guy or whatever yeah, says, yeah. you want to hire a piece of shit car for five thousand dollars a week.'" <laughs> And he goes, Cash, what a country. America, yes. I love it. You know, <laughs> it's this whole perfect strangers sort of vibe, you know. Yes. How would you like to be my personal driver for the next 30 days at $5,000 a week? You want a higher piece of shit cup for $5,000 a week? Cash, what a country. America, I love See, it. See, this is what America has forgotten about itself because it's been filled with so much self-loathing. And you know what? I'm not American. So maybe it's maybe it's our job to, to sort of every now and then to, to pump them up a bit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they do enough. They've got enough self-loathing. So I don't need to, to pile on to that. Like, you know, they've got all their original sins that they're working through and everything and all their neuroses. We don't need to do that. I, I don't come from there. I can, I can give them the three cheers. I can sit back and say that that guy in that scene is saying that because he comes from a country with a terrible economy 
probably a autocracy or a dictatorship. Or as uh, Donald Trump would say, a shithole country. <laughs> or a shithole country, <laughs> as the Donald would say. Yeah. And, you know, but now he's in America. He's in the land of the free, you know, and let me just reel it off for you. He's in a liberal democracy with freedom of speech, right to protest, the rule of law, equality under the law, religious freedom, private property, and the right to live your life the way you want it. You don't even have to vote, vote. You know what I mean? You don't even have to vote. And the president still has to govern for you. Mm. So this movie is a testament to the glorious diversity of America as well. Look at that bar scene. Look at the casting, major and minor roles, uh, you know, blacks and whites you know, getting on with their lives together, people of the same class cohabitating, because that's what, remember, the radicals don't want you to say. They don't want you to see people, because when you are of the same class, you don't have time. The more privilege you have, basically, the more you uh, are obsessed with postmodern faculty lounge politics. And uh, look, America, you don't always get it right. You're always trying to. You struggle and wrestle, as we all do, and you just do it very publicly and, you know, soaked with Budweiser and and you know uh, and and, you, and a big flag waving white, above you white claws <laughs> yeah <laughs> and look you know if anyone needs a reminder of the alternatives just do a little reading about the Chinese Communist Party and uh, I tell you what ain't no one like this cab driver in any of their movies saying <laughs> saying what a country China I love it okay <laughs> as simple as you like so finish the point we love you baby keep it up. <laughs> I, I went down a huge rabbit hole earlier today just reading up about Pryor on, on Wikipedia. His entry is, is quite long. Oh God. Um, he's had a f- fucked up childhood, hey? Oh, God. He, was, uh, he grew up in a brothel run by his grandmother. That's oh, right. His alcoholic mother was a prostitute. Right. His father, Leroy, uh, was a former boxer and a hustler and also a pimp. Yeah. Uh, his, 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 his mother abandoned him when he was 10. He was raised by his grandma, who was a very violent woman, who'd beat him up for his eccentricities. Um, he was sexually abused at age seven. He was expelled from school at age 14. It's just crazy. And then he served in the US Army from 1958 to 1960, but oh, wow. he spent virtually the entire stint in an army prison. And um, apparently he was uh, incarcerated for an incident that occurred while he was stationed in West Germany. Uh, He he was angered that a white soldier was overly amused at the racially charged scene of a uh, Douglas Sirk's film, Imitation of Life, and Pryor and several other black soldiers beat and stabbed him, although not fatally. Um, It's pretty fucked up. Mm. Wow. And then, you know, and then there's the substance abuse stuff as well. and The six wives. No, he's, he married, he's married seven times to five different women. Oh, right. So he, married, he married two of them twice. So he married two of like he divorced two of them and then married them again, you know. Like they didn't last for like it was a couple of years each. Yeah, well, some of them are a couple of months before, yeah. they, before they get divorced, but then they marry again. And, and the weird thing is when you read a, read the list of children and you go, hang on a minute, like he had a child in, uh, where is it? He had a child in 84 with his chick called Flynn. And, but then he had a child with an actress model in 1987 called Geraldine Mason. But then he has a, an, another child with, back again with this Flynn Belaine woman. So giving it another go or I don't know. It's just all it's like you look at the timeline, you're like, hang on a minute. Was he still married to that Flynn chick or or is that when they got divorced and then he he fathered another child? Only only someone only a serial monogamist would would be so baffled at at the behavior of (laughs) of a loose cannon. (laughs) Like see, I'm the same. I hear I look at loose cannon's behavior and I'm like, I don't get it. I'm no, no, but I don't I don't get all these women though that's the, that's the other element like what do you like, mean like that there were so many of them or? Well, what 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 are they doing with with such a loose cannon though what are you talking about he's he was rich and famous well rich, I, famous I funny so. jesus like he was he was like you know this is this is um he was massive yeah he was huge like 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 cause I, I just watched a little bit of the doc i'm gonna watch the rest of it before we do next week but um he he his career was like in the 60s or something mm. So like, and then, then he was like getting bigger and bigger. bigger. He had Vegas in the sixties and stuff. So, I mean, by the time the eighties, I mean, that's like 20 years of hacking away and, 
Mm. I don't know. Like if you went down to the comedy store and did mm. a few sets, I reckon you could get some runoff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you know, you could, and you don't even have to be that good. You could bomb mm. probably and and um, someone might feel, you know, I reckon some chick could be up for it. I think you'd be better than that, Ricky. I'm not saying that you would bomb. I'm just saying that, you know, that. that would I be better than Joe Rogan? <laughs> well, I don't no, know. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't be hard. <laughs> oh. Terrible. You guys Terrible. are desperate to get us never to be on your show. <laughs> yeah. Joe, when I'm on your show and these two aren't, uh, we can talk about your great comedy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll be like, oh. my favorite bit was when you yelled a lot. And he, go, he goes, yeah, I love that too. And he'd say, yeah, have, a, have, a, have some of this blunt. And I'd say, oh, I'm, I don't I don't want that. And he'd say, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, but you'd buy supplements. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'd so you'll be I'd right. Say, yeah. I'd say, I'd say, I'll take this and some ivermectin. Yes, <laughs> yeah. His and ivermectin stash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know Richard was bisexual? Yeah. Mm. How bisexual? Uh, he had a sexual relationship with Marlon Brando. Oh, well, you know, it's, I don't know. He's a bit of a hall pass sort of a figure, but oh, wait, wait, depends. Probably use when? the butter. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, the butter. <laughs> no, but what, when, when, though, when is, that's the point. Because if it's 1980, uh, no, thank you. But if it's 1958 <laughs> or something, I'll tell you what. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. White shirt, you know, oh, all yeah. of that. <laughs> I could get into that. Apparently in his autobiography, though, he talked about having a two-week relationship with a trans woman, which he called two weeks of being gay. And uh, one, in one, it says here in one of his, his first special, Live and Smokin', he discusses performing fellatio. Um, mm. And he's also said on stage that he sucked a dick. So, <laughs> Well, but how come he's unheralded? Shouldn't he be like yeah. on, almost on the LGBT flag? Mm, it should just be his face. Yeah, he's a man and, of colour and, and, you know, and he said that he, he's all about it. So, yeah, you know, oh, no, wait, no. The new movement, the whole, the rules of the new movement are if you back out then or in any of it, then you're suddenly essentially Hitler. Like mm. that's the rule. <laughs> so like if you Didn't say. Fully commit. Yeah, like if you go, oh, I don't want to take the puberty blockers anymore or whatever, then they go, right, you, you can go and die then. And they go, oh, so is that the, is that the, the choice? And they're like, yes. And they say, <laughs> peace and love to you. Peace and love to you, you fucking dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I know that's amazing. Like that's fascinating. Like, like but again... Maybe I need to add to my earlier rule. With a certain amount of money, I feel like all of this is on the cards. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just feel it feels like it's there. What sucking dick or getting your dick sucked? All of it. Like, okay. it's just yeah. like I feel like after a certain point, it it sort of is all it's all yeah. up it's there. Like, I mean, it's like it's like where else do you go? You know, once once you've had that that cocaine orgy. Where do you go from there? You've, yeah. You know, you've got to explore different options, and maybe that is. And they've got the there. they've got the time and the money and the resources to be able to to be able to just to give it a go, you know. And um and he did, and it wasn't like he didn't back in the day. He didn't have couldn't just go on a Pornhub and say try a night and you know try it out and go oh no I'm not really into it. You know? <laughs> but you could do it for two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. But you got to be sure. You got to be sure because it could be, could be the best thing ever. But yeah, I don't know. Like it's 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 one of those things, isn't it? Like um, yeah. There's really, I mean, this is unpalatable, but you know, because being bisexual as a man, you know, not not that I'm not that I am, but I'm just saying, like, if you are, you really you really got to commit, don't you, Ricky? Like you know, you can't. There's no you can't just. It's not. It's no bumping and grinding. It's really, mm. really involved. You know, like it is, really. Yeah. You're really <laughs> fully engaged. You know what mm. I mean, AJ? Yeah, AJ. Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. You do know. You do know, and that's why when because if you know, it's it's just a different thing. I mean, it's it's all fine. You can be about what whatever you're about, but I'm just telling you that if you're if means a different thing. When a guy says to you he's by, you just go, oh man, like yeah, mm. sure, man, I'm like cool. Well, that's you're you're in, you're in, like you're you're you've got a down payment. <laughs> <on it. laughs> you do, you, know? you boo. 
All right. Well, maybe look, look, while we're talking about this, let's just nail, knock this off quickly. So keep it creeper. This week, look, it's not, there's only a couple for you this week. It's, it's, you know, pretty slim pickings. Let's, let's start big. We've got, we're talking about Richard Price. So Richard Price, Monty Brewster, relief pitcher, pitcher for the minors. To be honest, AJ, I think he might be a little manic. Uh, he is. He's a bit scattered for me. So I don't know. I mean, he's not raking in the cash. That's not such a big deal, I suppose. But he seems generous, I guess. Uh, I actually don't know what to say about him because I, beyond him saying stuff like, I want to get to the big leagues, I actually don't know what he's about at all. We don't meet any of his people. Mm. We just meet one of his friends. He, I, I don't know anything about this guy. So pretty much what you see is what you get, okay? Mm. Dirty old Cubs shirt. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Keeper or creeper? Mm. Nah, I think a creeper. Okay, yeah, I think probably... even the three hundred mil that wouldn't. Uh, no, nah, you know. like he was—he seemed like a fun guy, but yeah, too scattered. Yeah, like yeah, he couldn't really focus. Uh, next up, John Candy, Spike Nolan, charming, just an old-fashioned Hawaiian shirt, fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like you know how you've ever gone? Oh, like where did those Hawaiian shirt fat guys go? Well, that's right. This is the era. Okay, life of the party. Yeah, life of the party. Minor league baseballer, yeah, catcher. Look, I don't know what his income is. It's not a lot. So, again, I don't know what this guy's about. We don't know anything about him. <laughs> we, there's nothing at stake for him. He, he, he likes massages and four ways. Yeah, he does. So, he, do, he does. There's some, yeah, there's a little bit of a question mark there, perhaps. <laughs> I'll leave that up to you to decide. I don't want to tip your hand, tip the hand either way, you know, just... I really like the sledging in that scene. Oh, yeah. When he, when he called that guy's wife an ugly bitch. Mm. <laughs> Imagine that line being in a new movie, like with Selena Gomez or something. Like just, just they, <laughs> they just say that that joke. And then like, they repeat it again in the stands. <laughs> and everyone like goes, ha, 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 yeah, that guy's, that guy's wife is an ugly bitch. <laughs> it would be... Just that would be the real World War Three, right? People would just be like, "Oh my God, would they? It would cancel cancel the world, you know?" Right. All right, Keeper or Creeper, Spike Nolan. Creeper. Okay, fair Too enough. jolly. Okay, now, I need I need someone a bit more moody than that. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> well, this might be something then. Stephen Collins. Okay, forget him. Just the character Warren Cox. Right. Uh, he's a junior partner. Part of the Sierra Club, which I think is an environmental outfit. Um, anti-nuclear movement. Now, I, Ricky and I could probably actually give him some literature on that because nuclear <laughs> is probably a little bit, you know, probably quite good, I think. But anyway, back in the day, they thought it wasn't good. And look where Germany is now. So anyway, uh, UNICEF, he's part of that too. Sincere feminist. Look, to be honest with you, I don't know. He could be a bit of a woke fisher. But I'm not sure. Or it could All be right. pedo. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> he gets this along is the, well with his ex-wife. This is the dice you roll, okay? It's just it could be you don't know. He does get along with his ex-wife, um, so she's around. They seem to have a nice relationship. He seems mm. to be, yeah. He doesn't have a lot of time though, so I, I don't know. Um, but he's always thinking. That's true. In, you know, like he's he's always got something to go. Mm. Take that how you will. <laughs> Keeper or creeper? Creeper. Okay. All right. He, well, he has nice eyes in this, though. Yeah. Well, I've always liked him. He was in the first Star Trek movie. He's good. Mm. But anyway, I'll have to rethink that. <laughs> all right. What do you got for me, Ricky? I have some trivia or, or reviews. Which one first? Trivia. Okay. Trivia. So uh, Walter Hill uh, said that he purposefully, purposefully made the film to improve his bank account and success quote, uh, quotient. It's not trivia. So, That's horrible, cynical comments from the director. It is. <laughs> um, let's see. In a few scenes, a train passes through the outfield of the stadium where the Bulls play. So in the 30s and 40s, that was actually a common occurrence at ballparks uh, used by teams in the Texas leagues. So it's not as uh, crazy as it as it seems there. Um so in the earlier incarnations of Brewster's Millions, the hero was required to spend only $1 million. So I guess, you know, if it was the 19, 
26 version of Brewster's millions, then yeah, I guess a million dollars was a lot. What would it be mm. now? Bitcoin or something. <laughs> yeah, the next one they do, the eighth incarnation of Brewster's Millions, yeah, it'll all be about cryptocurrency. Crypto. Yeah. yeah, it'd be crypto. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and getting on the dark web. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brewster, Brewster's crypto. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. So stupid. <laughs> Brewster's crypto. Imagine you know, that. Brewster's crypto. <laughs> we should make a short. I, yes. I, I reckon it's stupid enough to actually be made in 2022. It but probably anyway. would be, yeah. 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 So Richard Pryor was actually supposed to star in 48 Hours instead of oh, uh, Eddie Murphy. Oh, thank so, God. Yeah. So uh, he'd be too old, wouldn't he, to play that If one? it was Silver Streak, Richard Pryor, sure. Because in that, he's wicked. Yeah. But he's not. He's, he is he's too much water on the bridge here, man. It's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. So when uh, Brewster flies the team out to New York, uh, and I don't know if you notice this, you see a Statue of Liberty. It's surrounded by scaffolding and yes. stuff. So that was part of a large-scale conservation and restoration effort that took place uh, between 1984 and 1986. So it was uh, to be finished before the statue's 100-year anniversary, um, which happened in uh, 1986. And they intended – the intention was to make the icon last into the next century. So that's good. You know, you wouldn't want the iconic Statue of Liberty to, you know, just crumble. That would be shit. You know. No. Um, Jennifer Beals was actually going to play the role of Angela Drake. She would have been um, better. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. she's hot. She's hot. Uh, the film's tagline was an American excess story. Oh. Um, so, and it was also, they had another tagline, an American, uh, no, what was it? No, your basic uh, riches to rags comedy. Oh, yeah, that's good. So, yeah, there you go. It. Love that. Um, also, someone on the interwebs here has done uh, or, or has maybe paused that, you know, that scene where like the towards the end of the movie where you got that, that old green computer text. That yes, sort of goes, what he's buying. And, all yeah, what he's buying and all that stuff. So someone sat down and, and you know, worked this all out and written, uh, written it all down. So uh, here's a breakdown of everything he spent in the movie, okay? So a security guard, he spent, uh, yeah, security guard, 1.16 million. Beer and wine, 2.1 million. Uh, 400 pounds of New York dirt for the pitcher's mound in the uh, hotel, 7,000. Oh, yeah. um, he bought a Rupert Horn commemorative statue, valued at uh, two, uh, $210,000. Nightclub rental. He rented it. Yeah, he, he must have done. Well, because he can't have assets. That's right, mm. yeah. So everything's rental here, yeah. So nightclub rental, uh, there's the furniture deposit that Warren Cox withhold, withholds from him. Uh, he, he bought an iceberg, remember that? Uh, a did rare biplane bi- bi- stamp. It did, yeah. Mm. Um, what else? The uh, exercise videotapes, 3,000. Uh, <laughs> see that 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 could be porn videotapes. You know? mm. Yeah, like custom porn. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, dental money. care for the baseball team. Oh, okay. So does oh, but yeah. does that does that go under gifts though? So uh, mm, no, you could say they needed it to play. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. To chew all that tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the the new Bulls uniforms, uh, lifetime health spa memberships for the team, um, office rental. Um, campaign worker salaries, uh, a separate salary for his campaign manager, uh, renting a Rolls Royce. Uh, what else is here? Uh, and also the paint job for none of the above. So he got that painted on the car, and then he got that taken off the car, so restored back to its original. <laughs> but all the color. prime time slots yeah. as well are they? Mm. Yeah, well that's that's under campaign oh, um, yes. material here. Well. Yes. Um, we get no sense of the people's lives that he's changed. I mean, I really, like Jerry Albrook's character, like wouldn't he have changed that guy's life? Like, yeah, mm. hasn't he changed everyone's life? I mean, some of them would have horrible, you know, Biggest Loser turnarounds where they just you know just goes to shit or the Swan mm. or whatever, like where they get yeah. this big glow up and then they just it's terrible. But so a few of them would be just like I don't know, completely changed mm. Mm, for sure. So uh, I'm sure you're not surprised to learn that the movie received mixed reviews. So the staff review in Variety said uh, bluntly, 
it's hard to believe a comedy starring Richard Pryor and John Candy is no funnier than this. True. Yeah. Uh, Janet Maslin, True. in her review for the New York Times, called the film a screwball comedy minus the screws, which does nothing <laughs> to accommodate Mr. Pryor's singular comic talents. She went on to praise the film's supporting cast, including John Candy, but said that the flat screenplay forces Candy to repeat himself, which is mm. true. He's he's doing the same thing all the time. Yeah. Which is a shame. Mm. Um, so that's that. Yeah. All right. Well. How, how much did it make? It made a lot, actually. Um, it 45. was a big, big success, wasn't it? 45 mil cost 20 mil. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that's decent and probably, you know, got ancillary much later on on um yeah oh wait a minute vhs would have been in america not around about that time so yeah it would yeah. Have done, would have yeah, done yeah good on vhs as well so mm-hmm. yeah um quite quite a success i suppose because it's always well regarded people remember it yes you know, yeah. yeah for some reason um all right me too meter only a couple of things here not much to to talk about uh but let's go over them so uh this is in no particular order all right predators two the goofy brewster and the jolly spike nolan celebrate a good win at a local dive bar where they meet a pair of lovely ladies brewster tells them that the athletes you know an athlete needs to relax after games okay and that his doctor said that he should get a massage okay Mm. spike backs him up by saying that he's read a medical journal uh by an oriental doctor That that there's a superior technique involving nudity, and Brewster excitedly suggests a, an orgy. He says, <laughs> "He says the four of us nude would be great." Yeah, because he sucked a dick before. That's true. <laughs> Look, I I just feel like he's very excited about it, and he's not thinking <laughs> it through, like because it's a, you know I think it's yeah anyway. I guess the message is even the nicest men in your life want to trick you into having an orgy with their mates, I guess. So that's always on the cards. But um, And Spike isn't all, all he seems as well, you know. Brewster engages, you know, sort of a, la- a proud LGBT business, you know, a couple of uh, you know, nice gay tailors. And Spike says derisively, you listen to these people, he says. You know? <laughs> listen to these people. These people. This is the biggest code for the queer community, okay? So he's cancelled, all right? And um, now that I think about it, if the two gay tailors won't have sex with a trans person, they're also bigoted and must be cancelled also. It's simple, okay? You do the math, <laughs> all right? You just, you just, it's called wokeonomics. You just <laughs> enter it in and then the outcome's cancelled and they're all, they're all got to go down. Okay, women are basically products to Spike. He says at one point, forget about Angela. She's a bad investment. Oh, okay. mm. precious metals, rare coins, dad ass. It's all the same. Okay. <laughs> all the same. So anyway, in the end, Brewster gets the girl. Uh, but actually, this is a little bit of counterpoint, you know, to, to offer you. Angela doesn't like Brewster wasting his money because she's attracted to him. Okay. He is her success object. And spending Ooh. like a dumbass is not successful behavior. Okay. You could do such great things with it. You mustn't squander it, she says. And we all know what that means. It means you could spend it on me, right? Now, you know, but then again, when Angela moves to hit Warren at the end for his duplicitous behavior, Brewster says, I don't want you to hit him. You know, I want you to remain a lady, Mm. which is very exclusionary language. What is a lady? What is a woman? I mean, you know. Nobody knows. I don't know. I definitely don't know, Um, you know. Uh, so I don't know what you got under there is what I think, what I'm thinking. I'm mm. like, you know, could have anything, anything, <laughs> anything at all. So, uh, anyway, those are the, the charges bit to consider there out of 10. What do we give this on the, on the me too meter? I think that we need to take into account that Angela is quite strong at disregarding his advances. Oh yes. Good, good counterpoint. Mm. So he, uh, I believe, you know, He's always it trying it on, yeah. He's trying it on and she's like, you know, no, 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 mm. you know. So that's good. That's good. You well, know? you missed you missed this this pearler of a, of a quote, right? He says to her, I'm going to warm up, Miss Drake. I suggest you do the same. Mm. Yes. So, that's you know. That, 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 yeah. But no, but it's also that thing where it's like when guys tell like just a woman that they pass on the street to smile. You should mm. smile more. Yeah. smile more. Uh. Mm. I feel like she could hold her own and she yeah. did. 
strong woman uh, who wants a lot of money. So I give it a two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty, low. I think it's pretty low. Yeah, yeah. all right, I give it a three. Yeah, the the actress that plays um, Angela Drake was actually uh, Wesley Snipes' wife in Jungle Fever. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, because uh, it was annoying me. Where? Oh, where she was from? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's all connected. It is. Uh, method to the madness. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's. I think that we've covered everything we can about Brewster's <laughs> Surely. Oh. Surely. Now I feel bad that I picked it. <laughs> no, never. There's always a lot to talk about. I think I don't care whether things yeah. are good or bad. In fact, it's better if they're bad. So, um, yes, I think we should we should push on with Richard Pryor. What do you think? Yeah. A couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. All right. Well, what did we do? Did you want to do stir crazy or uh, see no evil, hear no evil, or let's do stir crazy. Yeah, oh, okay. There you go. Strident. Okay. I like Stir- it. Yeah. Let's do Stir Crazy. Sounds good. All right. Well, we said what we said. Okay. Yeah, we went to a lot of places tonight. <laughs> well, long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. So what we know about money in America is that if you're over a certain limit, what happens is you get a private doctor and either him or you die.